Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, July 29th, and we're talking Apple earnings and Facebook earnings in a week of incredible tech earnings. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined on Skype by a Fool.com senior technology specialist, Daniel Sparks. Daniel, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Big week in tech earnings. A lot going on. Yeah, for sure. It was it was a big week. Apple and Facebook definitely stood out. Yeah. So why don't we start out talking about Apple? I'm a shareholder. Uh, you're a shareholder. A lot of fools are shareholders. A lot of people that own um, mutual funds wind up being shareholders without whether they realize it or not, just because it's such a large component of the S and P 500. Um, so Apple's top line came in at 42.4 billion, which beat estimates uh, by about 300 million dollars. Earnings came in at 142 a share, which also beat estimates of 138. I know I was pretty happy to see that because uh, you know after last quarterly report, I think there was some some pessimism following the company in the market. Um, looking at what's going on with their iPhone line, the company sold 40.4 million iPhones. Uh, Sell through was down eight percent, but that was expected. Uh, we knew that that was going to be happening with the with where they're at in the iPhone line um, and the life cycle there and the product rollouts. Uh, ASP average selling price for the iPhones was 595, which is down from what we've seen in the mid 600s or so with some of the other lines. Um, overall, category made up about 56% of revenue. So we see sell-throughs down, um, revenue is down. Is this something we should be worried about, Daniel? Um, I think no. What do you think? Yeah, this has definitely been a trend for Apple uh, and fiscal 2016 watching the company kind of turn to these year-over-year declines in revenue and I think that it's something you know we need to put into per- to perspective of last year uh, like you said iPhone is at 56 percent of revenue so it's the key driver here so when iPhone sales hurt so does uh, total revenue and that's been the case lately iPhone sales are down um, and during this quarter iPhone sales were down about 15 percent uh, which also happens to be in line with the company's year-over-year decline in revenue, and uh, but you have to put that in the context of last year. Last year was a monster upgrade cycle for Apple. The iPhone six was just huge. Uh, the holiday quarter, which is always Apple's biggest quarter, uh, iPhone unit sales were up about forty-six percent. So this is, and that was up from a previous record. And we're talking one of the biggest companies in the world. So when you have an, a segment like this posting this sort of growth, it, it's not going to be easy to live up to that. So when you zoom out and look at uh, iPhone, you look at Apple's business on a two-year basis, uh, you're actually still seeing revenue uh, headed upward and even net income headed upward. Uh, Apple's third quarter net income of, uh, I think it was $7.8 billion, was up $100 million from $7.7 billion two years ago. So it's still generally a healthy business, but we just have to put it in comparison to this monstrous year last year. And you talked about how, if you look at things relative to two years ago, the numbers actually look pretty rosy. I think that's kind of how you have to look at a business that issues, or we expect them to issue, a major overhaul to their namesake, huge product flagship line every two years. Um, you know, the 6S was not a huge incremental change. Inform factor, um, and they were going up against years where they had rolled out the six S, uh, the six plus line, um, which was a totally different form factor. Uh, of course, Tim Cook had zero interest in getting into the details on what we can expect for future product launches, 
But based on the cadence we've seen in the past, um, it's it's they're almost a company that you want to see a two or three year comp look at rather than just a straight year over year. I know it's tempting for investors, but I think it's something to be mindful of. Right. Uh, so Daniel, talked about iPhones. Any other segments you're kind of interested in talking about with Apple? Yeah, I think iPad uh, as a product segment and then uh, Greater China as a regional segment uh, are, are definitely interesting. The iPad segment uh, was actually, uh, other than services, which we're going to get into in a bit, but was Apple's only growing product segment during the quarter, which is somewhat surprising uh, just because generally uh, Apple's iPad segment has been one of its hurting product segments. Uh, but recently we know that Apple introduced the iPad Pro um, so this is actually playing, it looks like it's playing a, a pretty solid role in helping Apple's iPad business because when we look at the segment, uh, we see unit sales are down, uh, let's see, unit sales are down 9% rev and revenue is up 7%. So the only way for this to happen is, uh, you know, average selling price of iPads uh, trading higher and, you know, the iPad Pro is definitely a, a very premium product for Apple uh, and it's, it could be said it's cannibalizing Mac sales, but you know that's always been part of Apple's business to just innovate as much as possible in each uh, product segment. And so in that case, it looks like uh, it's playing a good role in iPad. Yeah, it's nice to see ASPs trending well for at least one of their product lines. Um, you touched on China a little bit. You want to give some more commentary there? Yeah, so Greater China, I think this is, uh, it's been a historically an area where uh, Apple has done really well, and Greater China has grown to be Apple's largest uh, geographic segment. Uh, so this has been one where investors have really been honing in on to see what's going on, um, and and it's been a huge catalyst for the company in the past. But now we're looking at Greater China, and revenue is actually down, and this was the same case in last quarter too. Uh, let's see, revenue was down 21 percent, and uh, in the, but again, kind of like when we're putting into perspective into last year's, you know, awesome comparison, uh, this is definitely the case with Greater China. Last year, year-over-year -year growth in Greater China was 112 percent. So, wow. uh, again, you zoom out two years here, and uh, Apple's still doing fa fairly well. And when we look at uh, just some of the other ways to slice the data, I do think it's worth spending a little bit of time talking about what we're seeing in the services segment. So, services, uh, that's what comes in via the iTunes Store, the App Store, Apple Pay, Apple Music, some of the app stores associated with Macs and TV, things like that. Uh, revenue is $6 billion for the quarter, which is up 19% year over year. And this segment has kind of quietly become 14% of Apple's revenue. Um, over the past year, it's contributed over $23 billion in revenue, and it is the second biggest segment on the company's books, which is pretty impressive. Um, I think one of the reasons I, I love this segment as an investor is it's a high margin business. Uh, you know, delivering digital content is pretty fantastic because it's incredibly scalable. Uh, it's high margin, and for you know someone that makes devices, it helps build the strength of their bread and butter hardware segments. It keeps those ecosystems nice and sticky, and it keeps people actively using what is in there uh, as you know the operating system. 
Yeah, the services definitely is an interesting segment, and I think that's why uh, Apple is starting to see that you know as it become comes bigger, investors are really going to care about this. That's why I think it was in the first quarter of fiscal 2016, uh, they introduced a new non-GAAP metric, which measures the uh, purchase purchase value of services related to Apple's installed base. So installed base is all the active uh, iOS devices, whether it's iPad, iPhone, just um, so this has been a really interesting set, a really interesting metric to watch. Um, and so just to define it a little better for you, uh, the, and why it's non-GAAP is, so it's purchases related to services, but, uh, a lot of these different sec- sub-segments of the services segment are accounted for in different ways. Some of are, are accounted for on a gross basis, some on a net basis. So app store sales, which we all know is a huge catalyst for Apple and it's one of its fastest growing areas is actually accounted for on a net basis so the services segment has actually understated uh, the growth for a long time because as the App Store begins to account for a larger portion of this segment uh, it's not really seen as well so that's what this metric does so it adds back in the gross value of the App Store and uh, of other different areas where they're accounted for on a net basis, just so it's the same across the board. So you have iTunes sales coming in at gross, you have App Store coming in at gross. Um, so anyways, this has been really interesting because the year-over-year growth in this uh, non-GAAP metric has actually been increasing since the company introduced it. So in this quarter, the uh, purchases related to, uh, in, related to services uh, was up 29%. And this is the fourth quarter in a row. This uh, year-over-year growth rate has actually accelerated. So it's and that's that's a pretty good rate, twenty-nine percent. So yeah, as a as a business that looks like it's going to be uh, a key important part to Apple's business as it matures, it's definitely good to see that growth. Absolutely. One of the other things that I wanted to talk about a little bit was Apple's one billion dollar investment in uh, Didi Shuxing. Um, this is something that came out in May, I believe. Um, Didi is, for listeners that might not know, best described as kind of like the Uber of China. And um, in some ways, this is kind of an unusual position for Apple because this is them investing a billion dollars in this business, not taking a business, acquiring them, absorbing them, integrating them into products and services. Um, you know, Tim Cook talked about how they've been buying companies on average every three to four weeks. Those are those small players that they plug into their OS, or they you know somehow work into product functionality. Um, DD is much more of a kind of investment stake, and it's kind of cool to see Apple taking these shots. You know, they have so much money to work with. There's so much capital there. Um, I, I kind of love this acquisition or this investment stake as an investor. Um, and just some of the justification and some of the commentary that Tim Cook offered up in the conference call, you know, he said they see them as a great investment. They see them as something on the kind of strategic side. The companies can work together. Um, you know, I'm guessing there there's some business plans there at some point, uh, maybe with uh, what ca- Apple wants to do in cars. And then, um, you know, the, uh, there's an opportunity to learn a little bit more about what's going on in the Chinese market and uh, learn it from someone that is there and entrenched there. So. In addition to there being this kind of booming space that they now have an investment stake in, um, there's kind of some nice side effects there for Apple's core business as well. Yeah, I agree. And then it's uh, just kind of you know brings up that 
the whole active rumors about you know Apple and its rumored Project Titan getting into cars. So uh, it does make investors wonder a little bit if that could have something to do with. Uh, what's going on here? But of course, you know the iPhone itself is a really location-based device, and when you're talking ride-hailing services, uh, there's a lot of movement, a lot of mapping going on. Uh, so you know it's it's interesting to speculate. But of course, Apple makes so many acquisitions. Um, sometimes it, there's there's just many reasons, and like you named some of them. Uh, so really interesting investment. Yeah. Well, Daniel, we could talk about Apple all day. I still have plenty more I want to touch on, but. We try to keep it tight-ish on the show. Uh, why don't we pivot over to what happened with Facebook earlier this week? Uh, some of the big-time numbers from them: revenue hit 6.4 billion, which is up 59% year over year, well ahead of estimates of 6 billion. Earnings came in at 97 cents per share, which beat estimates of 82 cents per share pretty handily. Um, just to give you a little idea of that revenue breakdown: 97% coming from advertising, 84% of that 97%. Coming from mobile, so uh, they have clearly pivoted extremely well to mobile. I know there were a lot of concerns about that a couple of years ago, but uh, everything they're doing as a business seems to be absolutely humming along. Looking at some of the leading indicators for the business, MAUs are now up to 1.7 billion, which is 14% year-over-year growth. Daily active users are also trending nicely now at 1.1 billion. Um, it's incredible to see them continue to grow their user base, even with the denominator the size that it is for them. Right, yeah. Users is always just something really interesting to watch with Facebook. Um, they've done so well here. And yeah, like you said, daily active users uh, is trending nicely, too. It actually grew on a year-over-year -year basis faster than uh, monthly active users, which is helping the company to maintain a high engagement rate. So. Uh, engagement rate is basically just daily active users as a percentage of monthly active users, and uh, so right now we're at 66%, which is an all-time high. It's it's the same as it was in the la uh, first quarter, in the prior quarter, 66%. Uh, but still, it's been trending upward generally, and this is really impressive. Uh, just to think that of those of those 1.7 billion monthly active users, that 66% of them log in on a daily basis. There's just no way to overstate the importance of uh, this to Apple's business and really illustrating the sustainability of uh, Facebook's social network. Yeah, and I know I'm guilty of that. You know, I get I get a notification every day with, you know, it's it's Frank's birthday, you know, wish him well and I always wind up logging in and seeing what's going on. Uh, Facebook, if nothing else, is a great way to remember when it's your friend's birthdays. Um, a couple other business metrics that I think just highlight the strength of the platform, and I think that they really aren't fading anytime soon. Average price per ad was up 9%, and total ad impressions were up 49%. So, you obviously see those two numbers factoring into that great top and bottom line success that they posted this quarter. Um, a lot of that driven by mobile. Another great stat was time spent per person was up double-digit percentages year-over-year year across not only Facebook, but Instagram and Messenger as well. Um, so it's not just their namesake platform that is really running with it right now. Um, they're seeing a lot of success with pretty much all their properties. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's been really interesting to watch uh, the different properties, um, Facebook, Messenger, groups. All of these uh, groups is you know and somewhat related to Facebook, um, but over one billion users uh, on these platforms, uh, and Messenger and WhatsApp. So, yeah, it's really, really interesting to watch. 
Yeah, and, and Instagram is now at about 500 million monthly actives. That just keeps climbing. Um, I think one of the things that I love hearing updates on for what's going on in their pipeline is management has a very clear process as to how they're going to monetize these platforms. They've talked about it in the past with Instagram, and it came up again when someone was asking about what's going on with Messenger. And I think it's just worth highlighting here. They focus on basically this three-phase approach. One is grow the user base and engagement. Two is build organic interactions between businesses and consumers. And then three is build commercial opportunities. And an analyst had asked, you know, where are we seeing Messenger right now? And uh, where does it fall on that spectrum? And I said Messenger's clearly in phase two. Um, we're looking for businesses to start reaching out to consumers in a very organic way and make it comfortable for users to have those interactions. We'll worry about building the commercial opportunities and really monetizing it down the road. And when you hear that deliberateness and you see the track record of them monetizing Facebook incredibly well, them starting to monetize Instagram pretty well, and now them taking the same approach to Messenger. I know the the application of the service is a little different, but the approach is so thorough and thought out that I I love it. And um, you know, if you're an investor, I am not, um, but you have to really appreciate the fact that there seems to be pretty big growth one runways available on these other platforms for them. Um, you know, right now when you're seeing these revenue and earnings numbers, you have to realize Facebook's main platform is bringing in the lion's share of those. And uh, I think you have a lot of reasons to be bullish about the company's ability to meaningfully grow their advertising business on these other platforms, particularly um, as they refine and kind of iterate on this. So, definitely something to be kind of happy about. Um, Dan, do you have anything? Just uh, one thing on that. Yeah, the uh, I, I do think it's really interesting, like the phase one, phase two, phase three, um, and you did, you mentioned historically, uh, investors can see how that played out for Facebook. Uh, so we could kind of relate that a little bit to Messenger where they are in phase two, uh, just for some more context on that, that, you know, when we look back to Facebook, we do remember that the way that they went through phase two was, you know, by giving small businesses, by b- giving businesses in general, just tools on the Facebook platform to work with and to begin integrating, uh, interacting with people. And yeah, and we're seeing exactly that on Messenger. We're seeing businesses just get new tools and ways to interact organically uh, with with users. So that's kind of as Facebook users, uh, you can log in and kind of see that play out by watching them roll out these tools of ways that uh, users can interact with businesses. Yeah, and you know, even on their their main flagship platform, they are still very invested in growing the small business population. Um, it's a little tough to look quarter to quarter because they don't report the same numbers in every call. But um, six months ago, they had 50 million small businesses using pages on Facebook. And recently, they're saying they are now at 60 million. So that's an increase of 10 million in six months. That's pretty fantastic. Um, of course, they're not making money on those groups. Those are people that are uh, using it for a web presence. You know, they, they cited a stat, I think it was like 30 something percent of businesses in the U.S. don't have a website. And what they're hoping is that, at bare minimum, those businesses will port over to a Facebook page where they can grow a web presence there on a very easy, kind of quick sign-up type basis and build a customer base. Where they do make money off of these is um, with their actually uh, the business advertiser pool. 
And so six months ago, that number was at 2.5 million. Last quarter, it was at 3 million. I'm assuming that is still trending up just based on the fact that small businesses creating pages is going up and we're seeing such excellent ROIs on the hyper local and targeted ad options that Facebook makes available. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see when they'll mention that number again. Hopefully, it's next quarter so we can just kind of get a check in there. But that's just another growth driver on a company that is already humming along and just doing a great job. So, uh, if you're looking for things to watch in next quarter's report, hopefully that they'll uh, provide a little update there because that that's certainly something that I'm watching. Uh, yeah, that's good. Daniel, anything on your end that you want to kind of point out? Yeah, just a couple other areas uh, for Facebook that I think were really interesting. Uh, one is just the accelerating growth. So it, Facebook isn't just growing rapidly. I think it's worth highlight, highlighting that growth has actually accelerated. And uh, for a company achieving the growth rates it is, that's pretty wild. So you look at revenue in, uh, in Q2 was up 59% year over year. Net income was up 186%. Uh, Non-GAAP earnings per share was up 94%. So you look back to Q1, uh, and you'll see that revenue was up 52%, and uh, net income was up 195%, and non-GAAP earnings per share was up 83%. So each one of these metrics actually accelerated during the quarter. Uh, so let's see. It's, well, per, it's pretty income, darn impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess net income didn't accelerate, uh, but still, just the fact that revenue growth accelerated from 52% to 59% year over year is it's just really wild. Yeah, um, I know you. When we were talking before the show and doing some of the prep, you said you wanted to mention a little bit about what's going on with operating leverage. Um, you want to provide a little commentary there? Yeah, so that that's another interesting area. Is so yeah, we look at this revenue growth uh, accelerating as fast as it is. Uh, it's just really an interesting narrative at the beginning of the year when Facebook management kind of laid out its expectations for the year. They were really careful to emphasize that they're going to be spending heavily this year. On its uh, near, mid, and long-term uh, different things, not all of these are going to affect the income statement. But in a lot, of, in there's a lot of overlap between uh, some of their capital investments and then uh, things that fall on the income statement, uh, is, especially as far as it comes to uh, employee salaries and things. So, uh, so yeah, they really emphasize we're going to be spending a lot, uh, and analysts kind of seem to take this as okay. Um, Facebook's really growing fast, and generally these fast-growing companies will have decelerating growth. So maybe this extra spending could, you know, take away some of the operating leverage, and we're going to see net income grow uh, slower than revenue this year. But this has been totally not the case. Uh, revenue has been growing just because it's been growing faster than uh, operating income. We've actually seen the company's uh, operating profit margin increase from. Uh, 31% in the year ago quarter to 43% this quarter, and we've really seen a, a similar trend in recent quarters. So yeah, they are spending rapidly, like they said they were, but they're just uh, growing revenue even faster. And and I think that's part of the reason that you see um, what was like an 18 or 17% surprise in earnings per share. It was it was up there, and I, I think part of it was just people had modeled for a lot more spending, and um, the revenue chain train just keeps chugging. I mean, it is unbelievable what's going on over there. It is. Well, Daniel, thanks for joining us. Anything else before I let you go? I think that captures uh, my take. Awesome. Uh, maybe next week we'll check in on some of the other big tech earnings that are going to be dropping. But uh, until next time, listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or you just want to reach out and say, hey, 
You can always shoot us an email at industryfocus at fool.com. You can always tweet us at MF Industry Focus as well. If you're looking for more of our stuff, subscribe on iTunes, or you can check out the Fool's family of shows at fool.com slash podcasts. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. For Daniel Sparks, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening, and Fool on.